Hey guys. And welcome back to another episode of Talking with Andrew and Chris. And I'm Andrew. And I'm Chris. And today we have a very special episode for you. And I know, trust me, I know, we say that a lot. A very special episode. But this one is special for a completely different, uniquely special reason. And it's because not only do we not have a guest, which I know is still kind of new, but not brand new, we are kind of rambling. True to the name, talking with Andrew and Chris. We just kind of started talking. And you know what? I enjoyed it. Chris, how did you feel? I felt pretty good about it. And and let me tell you why. Please, please do. The reason I felt pretty good about it is because of the fact that before we started this podcast, here's a little insider baseball. Inside scoop. We had spoken about doing a show which we sort of, kind of, but not really titled Laughing with Andrew and Chris, which was the original jumping point. But like I said in the outro of this episode, as you will hear if you listen to all of it, and if you do, we thank you very much, that we... We're nervous about taking this format and doing it at first, so we sort of played to our strengths, which is music, and which is knowing a bunch of people who make cool music and combining those two things. But I'm glad we never really said that that's all it was going to be, because A, it's pretty hard to book, and B, uh, we would not be able to do what we just did, which I thought was actually pretty enjoyable. And yeah, okay, maybe you guys are thinking like, hmm, this is a little rough at the start, which I I disagree with you on, but hey, if if that's your thought, that's your thought. As you'll hear in this episode, me and Andrew very much so disagree to agree, or wait, agree to disagree? Sure. I forget how they say that. Either either way, we weren't on the same page, but we were in the same book. Right. And so if you're not on the same page with us right now, that's fine. You're wrong. That's fine. But (laughs) with that that being said, honestly, as as zany and as wacky as this intro already is, I think should be a precursor to this episode. So so enough said. If you're fans of The Office, of Parks and Rec, or or of just two likable dudes having a very likable and enjoyable conversation because you like them and you want to support them because you like them so much, then that's what this episode is. It's a show... It's a show about two likable dudes having a likable conversation that you really like and you want to support because you like them so much. So so thank you for being here for that. And honestly, we're just talking about stuff we like. Right. Likable Likable things. Exactly. Aw, damn, it was so close. Exactly. See, and and that's a perfect example of us being in the same book, but not on the same page. And that's why we're a great duo. I could agree. Now, with that being said, we are a great duo, but we're also a part of a foursome. Which is a pretty great foursome. I would say. Probably the best foursome I've ever been involved with. Okay, well, with that being said, Andrew, let's crack the egg on this one sooner than later. What are we talking about? We're talking about our band, you silly willies, called The Stash. Yeah, and just like the G in our podcast title, yank those thoughts right out of your head. We don't want them. We don't want those thoughts. This is family-friendly aside from the language. Yeah, and the subject matter. And the subject matter. And the politics. And the politics. And honestly, these shows are probably a bit too complicated for younger viewers so honestly if you're listening to this and you're under the age of 10 you should find a different podcast for the next couple years but within that formula family friendly nonetheless and what also is is i think not necessarily family friendly but i think family certainly can enjoy it is our music at least i hope so andrew why don't you tell them where they can find it what song we just put out featuring who and and just all the things that we have planned for them this year 
Well, like a lot of bands, we've got our music up on those DSPs, those digital streaming platforms. I'm talking Spotify, I'm talking Apple Music, I'm talking the whole shebang. We're on there. Our band is on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, your favorites. We're on YouTube, at the stash NY on all of those. You can find us there. We just put out a pretty dope song called Overdrive featuring Colleen D'Agostino, and she did an amazing job on that. And we're super stoked, and we really hope you guys like it. Yeah, she did a great job. That was a fun one to record and just go through the whole process on. But with that being said, you also know where to find this podcast, seeing as you're listening right now. And for that, we thank you. And also, we raised the question, did you know we were on social media? You didn't. Okay, well, you can find us at Talkin' Podcast, no G. Also, one thing that we kind of always forget to say, but we're going to start to remember because that's what happens when you eat more vegetables and work out, your brain gets better. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Celery is one hell of a drug. Is to leave a review, like, rate, five stars, preferably. If not, follow us on whatever service allows you to follow us, whether that be the big ones like Radio Public, Stitcher, or Spotify. Yeah, Stitcher's a big one. I mean, it it actually is, but I I don't know anyone who uses it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're on there. That we are. We are on there. Yeah, and with that being said, we're going to leave you with the tune. It's by us. It's, uh, It's one that I think got a little overlooked, but that's okay, because, you know, some things need some time to grow and ferment. This song's called Thunder by us the stash we hope you enjoy it and enjoy the rest of this episode guys thanks for being here on our on our little bit of a different venture thanks yeah i say thunder as i'm calling for rain and i wonder have i fallen again in the storm will i find what's been taking my time or will i go under that they don't listen to this episode like it's really do whatever we want I don't really like that behind their backs thing it's I'm sort of like the kind of guy where like if I don't like you I either write a song about you and then you you know pretty blatantly know it's about you because I will like post it on the Twitter feed of which you follow me so that's kind of like saying it to your face or I'll just like block you and never speak to you again and never tell you the feelings I harbor for you like I just think it's better to be more straightforward you know yeah, no, I think that's really good advice. I, <laughs> I try not to talk to people behind their back, but it's just a form of talking. I was just trying to list things of talking. That makes sense. To be honest with you, though, like one of the things I hate about the generation we live in, I actually have this thought probably at least once a day. If I'm not kidding, I always like wake up and I'll be like, 
I could tweet right now, but I'll just be feeding into something that I really am strongly against and I'm only on because I'm trying to be like a quote unquote like successful musician and artist in 2020. And I feel like there's nothing artistic about Twitter. In fact, like it sucks creativity out of art. So like I honestly probably would tell you to your face if I didn't like you. I'd say it in a way where you probably wouldn't want to punch me, but I'd be like, hey man, like I just don't think we should hang out anymore because like what are we getting out of this right now? You know, it's just not... If I have to tell you this, I'm sure you feel the same way. And so with that being said, I want to thank everyone who's listened to this podcast. Um, we really appreciate you joining us on this journey and what a ride it was. It's, tr- it's truly been a wild ride. Just, Even just listening to that last sentence was quite a ride. I did not know that I was going on such a ride. Yeah, sometimes I start a sentence not knowing where it'll go and just <laughs> see where it takes me. Love that. Yeah, Love I had that. to quote Parks and Rec real quick. LOL. Honestly, though, like, I I know you like Parks and Rec better than The Office, and I cannot understand why. Well, I told you that I like Parks and Rec better, but I recognize that The Office is a better show. Why don't you break that down for us? (laughs) Us being me and the audience. Uh, All right. Well, I I sip on this iced tea by Dunkin' Donuts, not sponsored. Real quick, though, before we do that, I just want to give my quick take on Twitter. I used to love Twitter because it was just like... I mean, maybe it was just what I followed, but it was just like a bunch of like quick little funny jokes that I thought were pretty funny. And I kind of was like, all right, you know, it's just like how Vine, like you're like, all right, mm-hmm. you have six seconds to do something that people want to see. Oh, don't even in- get me started Which on is Vine. an interesting creative, you know, like box to be put in. And then you got to think outside of that box that you're shoved into. And I think Twitter is kind of a similar way until Donald Trump started running for president. And this is not at all Whoa, against dude. or for him all i'm saying is you read the goddamn show bible no <laughs> politics man i'm, I'm not giving an off. opinion i'm not giving an opinion i'm just saying Good. once that happened that point in time the fact is that he did begin running for president at one point or another at that point that's when i couldn't be on right, twitter anymore because Donald trump did run for president yes yeah, thank you and there was a point where I would just open the app and it just seemed like what's going on in Donald Trump's day today the app cuz it was like no, keep going. I'm just listening. My bad. Because it was like, I would just scroll and I'd see like, first it'd be like, all right, Trump said this and I'm angry about it. I'd be like, all right, gotcha. Then I'd scroll and be like, Trump said this and I love it. I'd be like, all right, to each their own. Scroll. Mm-hmm. Tr- Donald Trump did this. Do you like it or love it? I'm like, I, I, I don't I don't know. I Can I see someone say some dumb joke about being a millennial? And then it was just like, I'm a millennial and I don't like Donald Trump. I'm like, oh, great. I get it. Let's talk about something else. And it just was all that. So I had to get off. Yeah, and even when it's, like, not about Trump, it kind of is because then people will compare and be mm-hmm, like, you mm-hmm. know, like, not my team right. or, like, things like that. And, and it's just like, okay, so you're, like, kind of, like, sidestepping, but still you're you're still on, like, you like, it's like you're on the White House property and someone's <laughs> like, yeah, don't say anything controversial right now. So you're like, okay, well, one foot's on, one foot's off. So technically, right. am I on right now or am I off the White House property? Because, yeah, 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 exactly. you know, like there's like the security guards that wait around the White House and like push the protesters <laughs> away. They're like, yo, right. dude, you can't be doing this on this plot of D.C. Anywhere yeah. else you can't go. That's why I say yeah, that. Because I've I been know. to D.C. and I'm informed. I know that stuff. Eighth grade field trip. Travel. What up? What up? Rip, I didn't go on that field trip, but that's a story for a different day. Yeah, no, but I feel that exact same way about Twitter. I mean, Twitter yeah. is pretty much just like a playground for millennials and Trump. That's that's the way I look at it. Yeah. And so what am I going to add to that that's different? It's like how Hannibal Burris has that joke about like rappers and how no one yep, else is going to yep. have a fresh take on having money. Exactly. I definitely do not have a fresh take on being on Twitter. So that's why if you go to my most recent tweets, they're either about 
Pulp Fiction. I just I've probably tweeted just those two words like six times in the past year. I think that Pulp is fiction. I think it, there was this like short moment in time where I thought it was incredibly funny to see if I could peak the Twitter algorithm by just tweeting old movie titles from the nineties. And so like if you go back, I was doing it. Literally got zero likes. Like not even you or Austin or anyone who like it, that joke was for like four people. Right. Okay. And and no one even acknowledged well, it. So then since then I've just felt so defeated by Twitter where I'm just like there's nothing I can So if that didn't work, I thought to myself, there's nothing. Nothing I can put on this platform. (laughs) If I can't make that work, then I can't do anything. And that's kind of where I stand. Okay, we're going to move on from Twitter now. Because that was just weird. And I'm going to answer the question you asked me. (laughs) Oh, about the Parks and Rec in the office? Yeah, what feels like an eternity ago. I want to take one more sidestep and just think about how funny the title for this episode is going to be. Episode, I think it's like 35 or something. We talk about Twitter. Uh, Parks and Rec <laughs> and like something else like the th- well you know things have to be in threes and it's like Twitter's gonna be such a small portion of this hour long episode but that's how we're gonna market it because clickbait and SEO people which if you want to find out more about that stuff you can check out our potential sister podcast Chris, once I actually learn all that type of stuff Chris is that key is that T decaf no you might need to uh, switch to decaf it's hitting right <laughs> it's hitting <laughs> it's different when you're in a room yeah I'm nursing a large um, unsweetened Nursing. iced tea from Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, wow. Anyway, back to me. I'm the main host here. This, this is true. Anyway, so Parks and Rec in the Office. Here's here's my hot take on it. All right, The Office is a better show. I like Parks and Rec better, and I'll tell you why. The Office is a great show. I don't really have you know many gripes with The Office as a whole. I like The Office a okay. lot. You've seen me wear. You know, office memorabilia on multiple occasions. Right. And I, I can confirm. It's a funny show. It's got great writers, great cast, great characters. It's all great. There's a lot of characters, though. Like, there's a whole li- there's like a short list of like main characters, which is really just like, you know, like, I guess you might even, I, it's, it's Michael. I mean, even after he leaves, I feel like he's still pretty important, you know? Michael, Jim, Pam, Dwight, Angela, maybe. Oscar, Oscar Andy. Kevin. Yeah, but I would argue that like Oscar and Phyllis. Kevin and Phyllis and Meredith and Creed and all them are like secondary characters Toby. because like they're just there, and like they definitely add to the show and they're great, Hank. and like ev- eventually you learn more about them. But it's like it's mainly there's actually a core five what they've won right. on record and, and exactly said. it's like it's when you come between Pam, it, Dwight, Michael, Ryan, exactly. So that's it, and like it makes sense because mm-hmm. like those are kind of like you know quote unquote the deepest characters because they have the most going on and stuff and the yeah. most room for growth, all that stuff. I get it. Like, right. Creed doesn't have a lot of room for growth. He's old and crazy. That's all he is. And yeah. he doesn't need to be anything else. But because he doesn't need to be anything else, he can't really become anything else. So there's really not much you can really do with him except have him come in and go, yep, and then walk away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is one of my favorite scenes of all time. That is a great scene. Um, uh, my favorite scenes now, most like half of them come from the YouTube things that like right. didn't make the cut, mm-hmm. like the um, the Ryan having his shareholders meeting about Woof, right? When he's like uh, mm-hmm. FaceTiming, which they just put out a few weeks ago, which is absolutely delightful. I highly recommend you go back and check that up. It's it's just it's so fucking funny, man. And that yeah, like so in Stanley with the uh, the hentai. Oh, of course, um, yeah, it's hentai. art. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's, it's like damn, dude. That should have made the cut. That would have yeah. just probably... And I mean, like, you know, as as evidence will show, you know, um, Jenna Fisher and... What's her name? Angela Kinsley? Is that her last name? 
They just mm-hmm. made the uh, Office Ladies podcast, and like you know, so now there's still there's Not still sponsored. more stuff to learn from the Office, and there's still room to dive in. There's plenty going on with the Office. It's a great show. Yeah, I got to give the Office Ladies a second chance because it was a little dry at first, and now you could really tell like being a host of something was not in either of their wheelhouses. Plus, they have like that super annoying audio editing where it's so dry and so perfect that if the host <laughs> isn't on point, you're like, oh god, this is like being forced. Like uh, I don't know. I was just hanging out with. <clears throat> Um, my little cousin, like a few months ago, and I remember, like, when vegetable, when a time t- came time for dinner, and he had to eat some vegetables. Danny was not fucking having it, so it was like they forced the vegetables on him. Like that's what it felt like. I was being forced this personality that neither of them had to make their show entertaining. But I heard it got better, so I got to check it out. I don't know. This sounds like a lot of personal things. We're just talking, man. It's a show about what? <laughs> Come on. I don't know. Anyway, tagline. I'm just trying to answer line. my question. Oh yeah, answer your question. And, you know, The Office has a reason for their documentary. You know, it's a documentary about just life in a quote-unquote ordinary office. You know, whatever. I get that. The it's mundane. On, it's whatever. It's on PBS, right? That's where it airs in the end? Netflix. Like, what? <sighs> anyway, but Parks and Rec, I like because you've got the core cast of main characters. It's not a long list of characters. You get to know them. You love them. They all grow. They all improve. They all go on, live their lives. What I really like about Parks and Rec is there's no reason for the documentary. They never acknowledge that they're being filmed, and they never acknowledge... Like, they have the interview segments where they obviously are speaking to the camera, and they know that there's a crew and everything, but they're, they never tell you why they're filming. They never tell you how long they're going to film for. They, no one says anything, and I love that because no one's asking. No one cares. Yeah, my problem about that show is I just don't think Amy Poehler is strong enough as a lead. I think that whereas Michael Scott is enhanced by his co-stars, but certainly is never outshined or never needs help from them, it sort of feels like, oh, well, we need to make Ron Swanson or, uh, you know, um, whatever, Aziz Ansari's character, Tom Haverford, more of like a thing and have his own sor- sort of gimmick within the episode because like Amy's not really cutting it. That- that's how it always felt to me. I-, I, do- I never, I'm not the biggest Amy Poehler fan though. She's always come right. off as like not really funny. Sort well, of like if if Tina Fey and her didn't become friends super early on, would Amy Poehler's career be anything? I yes. think Tina would be fine. She but would have. I don't think Amy, Amy Poehler would also have. writes and does producer stuff. So that's not what we're talking about, though. What well, I we would can like talk about a what lot. I would like to ask in response to what you just said is that you're saying that Michael Scott is a good character that is always enhanced by his co-stars, but never outshined because like he can do whatever he does well and amy poehler as leslie nope sometimes is outshined or needs to be supported by her cast but what is it that michael scott does that's so good because i can think i don't feel this way but i can think of a lot of people who don't like the office because they're like michael scott is so dumb it makes me mad i don't like dumb humor i think he's just an idiot and it's stupid and i hate it and i completely understand why they say that because especially in the first couple seasons he's kind of just an idiot like, he's just a lovable idiot. Mm-hmm. And, like, I get it. That's the whole point. Like, he's the idiot in charge and everyone, like, doesn't listen to him because it's, like, we know better than him, but he thinks he's in charge and all this other stuff and it's great and it's funny. But, like, when you boil it down, he's just dumb. So, like, what is it that's better about Michael Scott than Leslie Nope? So, to me, right. I this think... Is, this is all opinions, folks. This isn't facts with Andrew and Chris. This is talking. Yeah, so to me, it's essentially, like... 
I think that it comes from the writing staff, first and foremost. I think that the writing staff of The Office, them being a part of the show, for the most part, like a lot of them were act, like actors as well in the show. Like you had Phyllis, who was a casting director, who would read lines with the actors auditioning. And so then they were like, oh shit, like no one's really playing this character of Phyllis well, except we love how she's had chemistry now with so many of the people that went on to be cast. So you should just play Phyllis. And then you have Toby, who was a writer, Paul Lieberstein, who was also wrote for The Simpsons for years before that Greg Daniels brother-in-law by the way little little tidbit so you know nepotism does exist but he earned it he's a good writer um so basically what I'm saying is if you look at Ryan um BJ Novak uh Kelly Mindy Kaling all those people were not actually actors on the show first they were just writers so I think that some of it isn't Amy Poehler's problem because there's a way more investment in the office from the creative staff because they're not only responsible for the writing and the setup, they're also responsible for the execution. So I think that the office overall as a show, and I think this is my problem with Amy Poehler as a lead, was a way more thought out and tighter knit series. But the reason I think that Amy Poehler doesn't work and Michael Scott works is because of Michael Scott's ability. And like I said, it might just not be Steve Carell's delivery. It could be the writing. It could be everything. It has to be. It's a culmination. It's, I mean, television, why do you think the credits are four minutes? I mean, there's so many people that work on something. But I think it's his ability to create chaos and then his ability to keep the chaos going until the end of the episode and keeping it intense because that's what Michael Scott does. Amy Poehler is a problem solver. Michael Scott is sort of like a problem creator. He gets himself in trouble and then we have to either watch him work his way out of it or watch other people fix his problems or sometimes it just doesn't work out. Like when, uh, you know, they go to the other branch and they're trying to stop them from poaching Stanley and they fail miserably there and then they have to live with those consequences. David calls them up. But there's always someone in the office in the office to like give that final little nail in the coffin, that punchline to the joke. Whereas I think that is a stronger setup. Plus, I also think if we're just going to compare actors, I think that Mike Steve Carell has way bigger of a palette and range than Amy Poehler. So the fact that you have like that dichotomy of like a problem solver in Amy Poehler and then a, a, a havoc creator, like a chaos creator in Steve Carell, I've always liked that better for that type of show. And I just don't think that Amy Poehler was strong enough to sort of be the problem solver in a funny way, because it can be done. I mean, that's why I think that Ron Swanson works, because he sort of was like the cleanup man. But you have two cleanup people on that show, really. You have Amy Poehler, and then Ron Swanson cleans up her mess, but she's always trying to fix something first. And I just don't think that that format really works. And again, I've never been a big fan of Amy Poehler. She okay. just doesn't do it for me. I don't know why. Tina Fey, hilarious. I don't. I always wondered what she sees in Amy Poehler. I was like, they're like so tight. It's insane like, to me I that don't... you think that this is like Tina Fey has all the talent and potential, and she's like, yeah, Amy, you can come with me. Like they, were like... well, I've just never been impressed by Amy Poehler, but like every time I think I you, see... I think it partially. Listen, I'm not a huge. I'm not trying to like defend Amy Poehler because I honestly don't know a lot about her. But I'm defend thinking, Amy Poehler. Is that a shirt design? But I'm thinking that it's <laughs> partly because you've seen Tina Fey's name more often, and you haven't looked to see what Amy Poehler has done. That's just my guess because again, I don't. I'm not saying that there is something out there that I mean, you haven't found, but I'm saying that I don't think you've looked, which I haven't either, but I'm just saying. That's true, but I also just, 
But I also have a lot to but say and, to what you just said. Yeah, but let me just let me just surmise because I realized something saying all that. I've never actually actualized this. So like I think that Parks and Rec I respect more than The Office because it had big shoes to fill. Obviously, Moe's was the one of the main creators on that show who was a character. The creator. Yeah. So I, then basically he had big shoes to fill, and you could tell that he really loved that format and really loved that job and didn't want that job to end. And I actually respect him for not like carbon copying The Office in Pawnee. Like he took different angles. Like you have the chaos creator in Michael Scott in The Office, the problem solver in Amy Poehler in Pawnee, like being a Parks and Rec department, trying to improve the community. So it's like flipping those around. I just think it was a great experiment in learning like his comedic range and what sort of works in that format and what doesn't. To me... Okay. Parks, like Parks and Rec is still, if I had to like list top fifteen shows of all time that are my favorites, it's in the top fifteen. I don't think it cracks top ten. Mm-hmm. Although every time I revise this list, How I Met Your Mother keeps dropping, and that's another tidbit. <laughs> I another think it's tangent. just insane that you just always you have so many lists. Well, I mean, you need everyone needs lists, man. How do you go to the grocery store without a list? Well, you're just gonna pull shit that's off the shelf as you walk by. Not the same. It? Not the same. But that's okay. Anyway, I have a lot to say. <laughs> First of all, I'm I gonna... hope so because we have to fill another forty minutes. <laughs> so I really, I really hope you have a lot to say. Yeah. Wow, Chris, that's great. I have nothing left to say. Oh, okay. Well, that, <laughs> well, thanks for listening, a... guys. Yep. Chris really changed my mind. Yeah, I don't know. So, no, so what do kidding. you think about this? Um, well, this I think like first of all, for... <laughs> well, we are talking TV, but we're, I'd say we're talking TV right now with a G. Yeah. Um, yes, yes. I currently, will yank the G out of there. I'm going to start this by saying that I think that one of the fun things about like the office and parks and rec is that what like with what you were just saying oh look not now yeah not um, now god damn it we're podcasting i'm getting a phone call i bet you it's adobe trying to help me solve my problem well too little too late just told you i'd be unavailable for an hour not my fault you can't get that to the right people yeah anyway adobe amazing adobe incredible go adobe? check out adobe adobe suck figure out your problems right. anyway Parks and Rec, you said that, you know, The Office is a show about, like, Michael Scott creates problems, like, you know, not on purpose, I'm sure, creates problems, he and or everyone else has to deal with it and or try to fix it, and that's funny. I think that, well, there are a lot of episodes that Amy Poehler 100% creates problems because she's, like, crazy and is like, oh, we have to do this, and everyone's like, no, you don't, and she's like, yes, we do, and then there's a problem. That doesn't happen a lot. But what I think is cool about Parks and Rec is that they took that and they essentially flipped it on the other way, where instead of Michael Scott being like, I caused a problem and everyone else is like, oh my gosh. And they everyone looks at the camera being like, do you see what we have to deal with with this Michael Scott guy? Mm-hmm. It's the opposite where Amy Poehler is like, hey, town of Pawnee, all this soda is literally going to kill you. So we're going to like not try to kill you with all the soda. And they're all like, F you lady, you hate us and you don't like fun. And she's like, whoa what was that insane thing that you just said to me? So now it's like the opposite where she is us. So she would be the one looking at the camera being like, you see what I have to deal with here? And everybody else on the show or all, you know, all the people in Pawnee are the Michael Scott where they're like kind of dumb and they're like, what the heck? And they're saying crazy things. And you're like, whoa, I can't believe this person has to deal with that insane stuff, which is how you felt like when Jim looks at the camera after Michael says something crazy, you're like, wow. I don't know what I would do if I was working at that office and I was Jim. Like, in that instance, you're like, wow, I don't know what I would say if I was Leslie because she literally just said what I would say because I'm a logical human being. And those people responded in an illogical way, and I have no idea what they're going to do. And everyone else on the show is either dealing with their own weird illogical problem, like Tom Haberford is like, yeah, I'm trying to rent my clothes to 
preteens, but my best friend's dad hates me because my best friend tells him that every time he fails, it's my fault. This guy's copying my business model and doing it better than me. And I'm like, that's pretty funny because this dude, Henry Winkler, has no idea what kids want to wear, but he's just copycatting Tom and just doing it better because he has more money. And like that's obviously I'm getting real specific and stuff, but no, that's fine. I get, I'm I'm here with you. But I just feel like all the characters on the show, like they all have their own issues. But like the big things, like the big Michael Scott things, that would be like, oh guys, like I wanted to have a scavenger hunt, and because of that, you know, like I promised something that can't happen or something, or like the classic Scott's tots, you know? Yeah. Like that's like how are you going to solve this problem, Michael Scott? You put yourself there. I'm cringing. I would hate to be in your shoes, and you put yourself there. So what happens next? But it's like, I feel like on Parks and Rec, it's always like the town is Michael Scott and they're like, here's this really stupid, impossible problem that really doesn't matter, but we're making it a big deal. And Amy Poehler is like, first of all, I have to figure out why this is even a problem because I'm like, you guys are dumb. Then I have to fix your problem and I have to fix it in a way that fixes your problem and fixes the real problem that I know about that you people don't seem to know about. And I'm trying to like, we're all on the same page. You guys just don't realize we're reading the same book. Yeah, see, that's my problem with the show, though. You, you you nailed it in the sense that it's the town, it's town versus Amy, whereas it's, like, you know, office versus mm-hmm. Michael. And first off, like, I think a lot more people have had a bad boss that is outside of government and stuff, because I don't know many people who have, like, worked in the government. There are obviously millions of people who work for the government, but I think there's way more people who just have had a job with a shitty boss who's, like, a real shit stirrer and... They can relate to Michael Scott, I think, a little more. I think there's more relatability overall in The Office because, A, it ran for more seasons. B, there was more episodes per season, so you got to know the characters better. And also, I think that The Office did a better job of exploring all of the the extra characters just to the extent that you needed it. So you started off by saying early on that you really liked Parks and Rec because you got to know all those characters so well. But... I, I almost think that as we get to know Donna more, her quips and her humor and the way that she chimes in kind of gets diluted because it happens more often. So, like, there was a charm in those first few seasons with, like, the whole treat yourself first emerging and all that that I think we lose at the end as we get to see these characters who have to, to me, it seems like they had to carry more weight. And I think that's due in, in large fact to the fact that Amy Poehler just, it doesn't, to me, it's not a testament to how strong of a lead she was. That, right. That's at least the I, scope of which I view these shows through. I completely disagree with it's everything fine. you just said, which I, which is fine. And it's fine that you feel that way. I think it's great that I feel that way. I think that you're, and I'm not attacking you right now. I'm just saying how I feel. Okay. What I think, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is that you are almost, you don't like Amy Poehler or her performance, so you're assuming that she did a bad job, and that the writers were like, fuck, Amy Poehler's not doing a good job. We got to pick up the slack and give all these other characters more stuff to do and more things and more importance because, like, we can't rely on her to, like, be good enough for people to care, which I don't think is what happened watching the show. But also I'd like to just state that Chris has seen The Office way more times than I have, and I know I've seen Parks and Rec way more times than he has. Well, how many times have you seen Parks and Rec? Like all the way through, like four or mm-hmm. five times. I've seen it three, okay. and that, and I really like the show. Right, to well, watch like, a show and and I only three said times. that like, because I'm just being super picky right now. No, since I know. We brought up this comparison. Right, and just I'm so also and also I'm the kind of person who like I wanted to rewatch The Office like a year ago, and I got like maybe almost to the end of season two, and I was like literally every time I watch this, all I want to do is watch Parks and Parks and Rec instead, and then that's what I did like every time. 
So mm-hmm. like I don't like I wanted to I wanted I want to know why. Like why is that? I don't know why. And I feel the same exact way when I watch Barks and Rec because right. I've done three times I and, completed it. And I'm sure that three. it's mainly just personal preference. Like honestly, one of my favorite things about Parks and Rec is just Andy and April because like they're Well, yeah. They're like, you know, one well, I mean, more honestly, it's really just Andy. But like, I also love Aubrey Plaza. So like, oh, it's April's different. great, man. She's got she, that dark humor yeah. thing down, and it's great because like, she is her way where she's like, I project that I hate everything and like nothing matters. And then you see Andy where he's like excited by everything because he's literally just a golden retriever as a human, and it's probably why I like him because I love dogs. But he's also hilarious, and like, he's the kind of dumb, like it's a different kind of dumb than Michael Scott. Like Michael Scott is dumb because he's like oblivious, and he thinks that he's like really smart and stuff. And I feel like with Andy, it's more just he's so naive and, like, he doesn't even realize that he's dumb. Like, not that Michael Scott thinks he's dumb, but, like, Michael Scott also thinks he's smart. Andy doesn't think he's smart. He just is. And he just is goofy and dumb and, like, gets into funny situations, but he's never embarrassed. And you're like, oh, my God, this dude's crazy, you know? Like, ninjas scatter. Oh, that that scene. It's just amazing. That scene tickles me in a way. And it's like he sees April and he's like, yeah, I like April because, like, she's funny. And it's like... If you asked anybody else on that show, like any other character, like April's not funny. Honestly. Like, she's scary, but he's he just sees past all that stuff because he's just so like, he's like two in the moment, but she's so the opposite. It's just, it's perfect. And I just love that kind of stuff. And like, I'm not saying that that makes it better than The Office because like I said, I'm pretty sure The Office is just a better show objectively. Now, since we're on this subject, because I, I kind of have been trying to like work our way into this, and so I feel like we've sort of completed that little segment of this conversation. The one thing that both of those shows have taught me, because they did the same exact thing, was that Rashida Jones cannot, should not, and will not be a series regular for more than a few seasons. She will get written off. <laughs> she she definitely had, was the flattest part of both of those shows. So I have to ask, I brought up nepotism with Paul Lieberstein and Greg Daniels, but to be honest, if you know your history, I was just kidding because Paul Lieberstein was already working in Hollywood before his sister went and married Greg Daniels, so that was a joke. But being she's Quincy Jones's daughter, legendary music producer Quincy Jones, who's not English, but whatever. Um, do, do you think like, because I don't know, I like her. I think that her best performance, though, has been the voice of Southwest Airlines on those commercials. And and I'm not saying, like, dude, trust me, she kills those commercials. Like, she really sells the flight ticket. And I'm not being a sarcastic asshole right now because she has some good moments on both of those shows. But why is she getting written off? And why? Dom, Dom told this to me, the movie nerd. So if this is false... Go, you know, go knock down his door. He told me that after she left both of those shows, there was a little bump in ratings. What is it about her? Okay, well, first of all, I'm going to say I don't know why. Well, I mean, I would assume that I know the reason why the character Karen left the show, oh, The Office. the character Karen. Because Jim and Pam, spoiler alert, have to end up together, so. Right, I mean, she could have just like, got switched to the annex, though. I mean, they did it with fucking Ryan. Yeah, but like... No, I know. Karen, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. Karen was literally only introduced to just be this woman that Jim's dating because he's not with Pam. So, so like, you think that was more of a cameo to start with? I think that was already like, this character is written on to be important, and but, do you think that but because only a temporary importance because we all know that J- Jim and Pam are going to end up together. And do you think that because people loved Ed Helm so much, and then when it got announced that he wasn't just a cameo and that he was joining the cast, maybe that was also a boost for the ratings too? Because both of those things happen at the same time. She maybe, the but show I, and he also, gets like the I also job. think that part of it is kind of like, I'm sure that when she got the gig, it wasn't like, all right, we're just going to do an episode to episode thing. Like... She's not like, you know, even before she actually like acted, 
she like people know her and stuff so it's like they probably did like a all right you're gonna be on five episodes at least or something like that you know Mm -hmm. so and i'm sure that they didn't have those five episodes completely finished written out already so it was probably partly that but also i'm 90 percent sure that karen as a character was literally only brought on to be like jim's girlfriend until they broke up you know what we gotta start doing? We we gotta get like, for example, like Kelly on the show, but not to speak about her awesome career so far. Just but to, to like, talk about the yeah. craft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to talk about like this type of shit. Talk shop. So so like, why do you think that when uh you know uh what's her name? Fuck Rashida. Rashida Jones. Yeah, sorry, Rashida Jones left mid mid season season yeah. three. Did the ratings go up as a professional actress? <laughs> well, <laughs> do you imagine? And then like uh, we have Derek on, and we're like, so like, what is what is it about changing a, t- a guitar string that enhances the instrument? Like shit that we can kind of figure out already, sure. but it's just like you know, just to get that format going. If you're listening, let us know if you're interested in that. Yeah, it's and like almost like fucking. But <laughs> a Comedy Central interview type yeah, thing. Sure. Yeah, Comedy Central. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, back on topic. But I think with sure, if there I was think one. with. <laughs> With Rashida Jones in Parks and Rec playing Anne, um, well, A, I mean, it was kind of just like there was a point where there was like certain things were going on where it was kind of like there's nothing else for this character to do. They kind of already reached their end. But I also probably think that there was a point. And B. And B. <laughs> Sorry, you said A. I was waiting for you. I'm just looking out <laughs> thanks, for you. No, thanks for. I want your hosting. Thanks for reflect. keeping track. Thank yep, you. Yeah. And B. I think that Rashida Jones was probably just like, you know, honestly, like, I'm probably just, like, done playing Anne because, like, it's not much else for me to do, you know? Like, actors are at, they get to a point where they're like, I've I've gotten all I can get out of this character. I don't really need to do it anymore. I want to move on. Now, do you think it was, like, a Dominic Monaghan lost situation where they were like, Charlie, mate, listen, we could keep you around. If you don't want to die, if you want to stay on this show, mum's the word. You're here. You're locked in. We love you. We don't want to lose you, kid. You're you're a star, you know. Or but he was like, you know what? It kind of sounds like a pretty badass and epic way for my character to go out. And at that time, he probably thought he was still going to be acting for a while and not just you know waiting for a small role in Star Wars to keep his mansions afloat. Uh, so do you think his it was one of those kind of things? <laughs> I mean, come on, where the uh, fuck's he been? But. No, I think that that was also. This is something I just thought of. I bet you to perfect because we still to got have. <laughs> <laughs> to have names like um, like Rob Lowe and Rashida Jones and you know Adam Scott on your show Rob every Lowe's season, comeback. every season they get more expensive. So I'm sure Rob Lowe wasn't cheap to get on your show in the first place because Rob Lowe is a pretty well known guy. And Rashida Jones to keep her on that show as Anne after people seeing her in the office and have been watching her on Parks and Rec, you know, you get more expensive. So I'm sure that that maybe was part of it, too, that it's just like a mutual, like, look, we don't really want to pay more for the same. You don't really want to do the same. So let's all just just do it, you know, just part. Okay, but that's not true because we know that by the end of every series ever, the last season, all the actors make a million dollars. Friends taught us that. I don't know what that. I don't know what that means. Well, everyone on Friends like notoriously made a yeah. million bucks an episode for the last right. season, right. and I just think that's so fucking funny that that's like the only time you know that about any but show. But it's it's so. uh, well, that was a that was you know, A and B. A that was you know like what twenty years ago, yeah, the last season, almost twenty years ago, and mm-hmm. B that's because when they all went to go renegotiate every season, they all went together and did it together. And they were like, we're all getting paid this amount or none of us do the show. Huh. They All six of them were like together in it. 
for uh, the whole time. Well, really, their agents were like, look. Because I'm sure, I'm sure that if it wasn't up to them, they'd be like, all right, Jennifer Aniston, you're getting the most money. Mm-hmm. And Courtney Cox, you're getting the second most money. Matthew Perry, you're probably getting the next most. And then Matt LeBlanc, and then, you know, like Phoebe and Ross, like, sorry, no one likes you guys. Like, you're lucky to still be here kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they were all just like, no, nah, we're all in it together. We're all the six people. Really? What and I-, I just want to go on record to say, I don't. I didn't rank those in order of my favorites or who I like the best or I think is the most important. That was just my objective take on how the studio would have seen them when they were on the air because I love Friends and I love all the characters and I think Ross gets too much hate. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, me too. No, so basically what I think that is, it's like Jennifer Aniston's agent calls her up and and he's like, look, I know, trust me, I can't stand him. I know you can't stand Matthew Perry at this point, but... Would you rather make seven hundred thousand an episode, knowing you're getting at least a couple hundred thousand more than your co-stars, or I got Ralph, Johnny, Gina, and Mike on the phone, all their other agents, and you know if we all hold out together, baby, we're looking at a million each. Are you willing to take that hit to your pride? And she's like, hmm. I heard Bali is nice this time of year, so let's do it. I mean, that's honestly how I think it went. You know, like why else would you hold I out together? I mean, sure, love... maybe they were all friends and stuff. There was great chemistry, but I would love. To just be able to just sit inside of your mind and see how you get to where you get to things. Because it's sometimes it, it really floors me. Wow. Good word, by the way. Thanks. Terrible band. Good word. Uh, but <laughs> Is but, there a band called Floors Me? Floored Me? Floor. F-L-O-R. They're oh, a, a yeah. Field by Ramen band. No, I know about them. Yeah, I call them Mini 1975. I think, uh, I think I have mutual friends with them, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, let's get them on the show. That'd be kind of lit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's have them confront you about that. <laughs> hey, man, I, I don't dislike the music. I just dislike the band, the image. I guess it's really like their artwork and stuff, but that's that's a podcast for another day. It's yeah, just like... Whatever. I don't know. They're like, you know how there's always those bands that always have like the answer to like... So, for example, when Skrillex dropped, there was like that crazy artwork for the Jackie album, and then like there was a shit ton of other dubstep DJs like Rez and all these people that came out with like the hard-cutting letters and the letters and like the jagged lines. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's always those like chasers that sort of... Uh, shout out to our friends in Chaser from Florida. Great band. They do not do this. Uh, yeah, this is of, not where the term <laughs> came from. Yeah, what up, Matt? Thanks for showing us Documentary Now. Great show. True. And, and so like... Drowns. Drones. And I feel like there's always those people that sort of chase the thing. And they do it so much to the point where it doesn't just come through in the music. It comes through in the visual, the aesthetic, the style, the fashion. You know it. You've seen it. So that's how I feel about that band. Honestly, I've heard like two songs. Once we were driving somewhere in the van and I was tired. So I was like, okay, cool. Austin's playing this. I shazammed it. So I guess that means I at least wanted to know what it was. But yeah, so that that's what I meant by that. But let's get them on the show, man. I mean, come on. Let's fucking talk with them. That sounds good. But I do actually want to know now, because I feel like we've sort of run our course on this whole office parks and rec debate. Who are your favorite friends, and can you rank them in order? Uh, I, I think I could, but I feel like... I could easily. And are we counting Paul Rudd, or are we not? We're not. Only the okay. core six. Okay, so then that means... Okay, no, we wouldn't be counting him either. All right, never mind. So, yeah, that works. All right. Um, well, first, I'd just like to preface this by saying that I love all the characters on Friends, and just because someone's at the bottom of the list doesn't mean they're disliked or that I don't like them. Sure. It's like the best. Of, it's like the worst of the best. Exactly. Mm-hmm. These are six incredible characters played by six incredibly talented actors. Here's how I'll describe it, because a and lot of I've, people... And I've watched the show front to back lots of times. Me and my sister constantly are back and forth on Friends trivia. We know too much. She's right. the only person who can beat me sometimes. 
So like, I'm in this, all right? I don't dislike any of them. So here's how I would describe it, because we both watch football, and a lot of people have been telling us recently, you need to show your personality. You guys like sports. Force that in there. So here's me forcing that in there. We love sports, and we don't care who knows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Football. So basically, it's like that division with the 49ers, the Seahawks, uh, the Rams, and I forget the other great team, but there's like four great teams, but there can only be one elite team in every division. Right. So it's like, you know, the, the worst division of, leader. The worst of the best. That's how I would describe this. Right. So, okay. With that being said, I can just fire him off because I'm just going to improv this bitch and let whatever comes to my mind <laughs> take me. Like, I'm just going to, like, let however I feel in the moment take me. All right. Sure. Go you for You ready? It. Yeah. I mean, I, th I'm, I think I can... And I think I'm going to shock you. I think I have my list, but yeah, you go. Well, just guess who you think my number one would be first so I can just prove you wrong and just show that you don't <laughs> think, you don't know okay, me. Okay. Well, then let me give you the guess that I would have guessed before you said that, and then let me give you the guess I'll think now that you said that. My okay. immediate guess would be that you like Chandler because he's just really funny, you know, and sarcastic, and like I think that you'd appreciate like his cleverness, mm -hmm. and Good the guess, and the wrong. and the fact that like he's clever and also like is always like his life is a mess. I think you'd enjoy that fact. But that's my guess before what you said. My guess now that you said all that stuff is Phoebe. Oh, it is. Yeah, dude, Phoebe's the elite friend because like I knew you were gonna say. Yeah, that. she fucks up a lot, but like. At the end of the day, her intentions are good. Plus, she writes some fucking bangers. Like, you uh, have well, that certified the, for, banger listen, playlist? Listen, I mean, Smelly Cat. Smelly, she didn't write Smelly Cat, dude. Her dad oh, wrote Smelly right, Cat. Oh, right, right, yeah. Fake fan. Whatever, dude. I saw, I've only seen it twice, <laughs> and they pulled it off Netflix. That's but fine. I'm just going to go through Phoebe, Chandler, Ross, Monica, Rachel, uh, uh, Joey. Yeah, yeah, Joey, Joey, Joey's Joey. at the bottom? Yeah, he is, because... It gets old, and I think that's the reason why, I, even though I haven't watched Joey, I would venture to guess that just that can't support itself I've never seen without Joey. everyone else around it. So mm -hmm. that's that's mm -hmm. sort of why. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you want Can I say that back to you? No, because it was in the moment, but it felt right. And that's all. That's you, sometimes you, you got to follow your gut. All right. Well, then how about you guess who my number one is? Yeah. So you're going to want me to think Rachel based off of how you just <laughs> built that all up. But I'm, I ain't falling for that. Ugh. And you're going to think you can trap me at Monica. But I know better. Ross. Wrong. Oh, shit. All right. It's Joey. Damn. Our lists are... So we are... Our top and bottoms are how opposite. How do you see things? Joey. Here we go. Joey. Chandler. Monica. Ross. Rachel. Phoebe. Damn. I'll explain. Crazy. First of all, I'll explain why Phoebe's at the bottom. I love Phoebe. I love the kookiness, the craziness, her like when Ross is coming at her like, you know, we have like fossils that like the show evolution and all this other stuff. She's like, yeah, I mean, you know, that's one way to look at it. And he's just like, what? I, like, it's pretty funny. Even though if I was Ross, I would also be really angry. But I think it's funny. Yeah, those are good bits. But I'm also going to say that Phoebe is the worst friend of all of them. She's irrational. She forgets why she's mad. And then we'll stay mad. She does things like, she's like, my mom is this cat. And when someone's like, bro, this cat is a little girl's cat. And she goes, no, this is my mom. Like, stop being selfish and give a little girl her cat back. Like, just stuff like that, you know? And then, like, when things go, when things start to get weird, she's always like, well, you guys don't really need me here. I think I'm going to head out. And everyone's like, ah, ha, 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 Phoebe, she's so funny. But, like, yo, 
help out. And I mean, like, she does help out. I'm not saying she's always a bad friend. But I would say more often than not, she's the one who is either mad for a stupid reason or is just like, well, this isn't a me problem, so see you later. Yeah. And I'll tell you why Joey's at the top. Joey's at the top, A, because Matt LeBlanc, in my opinion, is the best actor in those 10 seasons of Friends for a lot of his reactions. He's He just, like, is Joey. Yeah, you're a big I reactions guy. I don't know if any of those characters are their character once they say action as much as Matt LeBlanc just is Joey, like, all the time. Which maybe that's why they picked him for the spinoff, but I'm sure it wasn't. But that's why he's at... Also, Joey is just, like, he's... Like pretty much always nice. He's just all, he's just the lovable oaf, you know. Like Joey's great. If you watch the show episodes, which I highly suggest you watch, mm-hmm. it, it's uh, yeah, I, I'd attest to that with Matt LeBlanc. He plays Matt LeBlanc, right? As Matt, Matt LeBlanc plays Matt LeBlanc in that show, mm-hmm. and it's it's really good. And, yeah, and it just he doesn't get enough credit. If it's not genuine, then he is the world's greatest method actor that no one ever knew exactly. about. Exactly, because it's like yeah, it's pretty on point. Right, and then uh. I mean, like, Chandler I just relate the most to because, like, I'm, I'm pretty sarcastic and I feel like my life is kind of a mess right now. Like, you know, like an organized mess, but a mess nonetheless. Here we go again. All right. <laughs> Get it out. Because uh, you, you need That was to it. All right. Sorry, dude. Okay. Anyway. Thanks. Let me write that down. <laughs> and then Ross and Monica are kind of, like, the same because, like, they're both great and I love them. But then also, like, they both can get really fucking annoying. Well, that's just family. <laughs> well, besides together, I'm saying like Ross can also be pretty ridiculous. Like, I'm yeah. not going to comment on whether or not they were on a break because that's really beyond my uh, opinion. Yeah. But even just other stuff, like sometimes he's just he's just selfish and dumb, and I get that. I understand why people hate him as much as they do, but I think it's a little harsh because he's far from he's far from perfect. But no one on that show is perfect, mm-hmm. and Monica's kind of the same way. Sometimes she's great. Sometimes I'm like, bitch, shut up and stop cleaning. I don't care. Cleaning's not a personality. Yeah, you know. Sometimes they it's just cooking, harp on that too much, and I'm like, is. whatever, dude. Oh, cooking 100 percent is. Come on. Yeah, but hey, man, a lot of people like a clean dude. Yeah, true. And then Rachel, I just, I think that's a personal thing because, like, if Rachel was an actual person, like, I wouldn't be interested in Rachel because, like, she's, like, superficial and all this other stuff and, like, it's not my type. I think that's partly why she's lower on the list for me. But, like, Jennifer Aniston's amazing. And, like, obviously, as the show goes on, Rachel gets better and better because she gets smarter and smarter. And that's character growth. But still, that's my list. Yeah, that's what you want from sitcoms is character growth. You kind of need it. You kind of need it. And that's why I, I thought Portlandia was going to be right up my alley. A lot of people were like, yo, you got to watch this show. But it's like sketches inside of, a, of an episode. And like some of those shows with me, they either really work or they really don't. I, I knew nothing about it going into it. It was like a cold oh, yeah. watch. I was going to say, it was, it was like, it's a sketch show. It's not a sitcom. It's didn't no know character that. growth. Didn't know that. I just always knew I liked uh, Fred Armisen. And I was like, okay. Really? Let's check it out. Yeah, like I don't hate him. That's weird. I, I think he's weird. No, I mean, I... He's no, got, like, this brand that's, like, That's what off. I was going to say. I was, like, I kind of felt like you just wouldn't be a fan of him. Like, I don't dislike him, mm-hmm. but I'm not going out of my way to watch him. That's what anything. I'm saying. I don't seek him out, but everything I've seen him in, I've right. liked. Exactly. So Whenever like, he's cool. there, uh, I'm cool with it. But I'm not yeah. like, oh, Fred Armisen has a new solo thing. I want to check that out. I've never said that. Yep. I think it's because I got a little bit deep into documentary now, and, you know, that's him and uh, Bill Hadar. And so I was... Yeah, I was going to say, I think the big reason why I love Documentary Now wasn't because of Fred Armisen, it's because of Bill Hader. But the two of of them together are lightning in a bottle. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of which, you got to watch Barry. 
or as I know, I know. As it many sound, characters it on the great. show say, Betty, <laughs> Betty, Betty. Yeah, yeah, Betty. And uh, dude, that show's fucking phenomenal. But I, I mean, hey, man, we're we're gonna be clocking in roughly about fifty once I edit this thing, snip in a few uh, little song bites and whatnot. So I think we're <laughs> pretty much ready to get out of here. If uh, if you said your piece on all of this. Uh, let me think for a second. Um... Yeah, so with that being said, guys... Wait. Okay. Would you buy David Wallace's product? What was it called? Whoosh? That vacuum thing that he made? Suck it? Yeah, suck it. What was whoosh? Whoosh is something else. Oh, whoosh might have been from Friends. I don't know. Yeah, would you buy? The office, would you buy suck it? Yeah, why not? It's fucking hilarious. I wouldn't use it, just like I never used the, any of the hand vacuums that were around in the early 2010s. We had them in our house. No one fucking used them. It's like, cool, we bought this off of an infomercial, and it just kind of like, okay, it doesn't, great. It's a little, you still have to dump it out. They're honestly more work, because then they get heavier as you put more shit in them. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. think to own one that says suck it on it, that's pretty fucking funny. So if you're going to have one, you should have that one. Okay, and final quick question. I only want a yes or no answer. I mean, if you really want to go into it, you can, but I don't want you to. Yes or no, was Toby the Scranton Strangler? Yes. Okay. With that being said, guys, thank you for indulging us. Uh, I yes. Think, I think that's important to say. That's a great way to describe this episode. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, this was sort of always the original intent. It's just that like, when you do one thing for so long, a.k.a. being in a band and making music and projecting your voice that way, it's, uh, it's a little scary and different to try doing it in another way. So at first, we, we wanted to stick to our guns and sort of do what we thought we could bring to the podcasting field that was, that was going to be worthwhile. And, and now we feel, thanks to the reception that you guys have given us over the first 30-something episodes... Um, which is still crazy every time I say it, that, you know, we're going to do more stuff like this. So if you like what we did here today, join the conversation, tweet at us, message us on Instagram, send us an email at asktalkinpodcast, talkingwithnog.com, giving us a subject. We will cover it. We, we want to get to know you guys better. We want to be consistent and bring you this show once a week, every week going forward. And so that's another big reason why we're doing this. And, and also the main reason, of course, as to why we do anything. You'll hear as our sound changes over the next few months with the band, it's because we got to go where our heart takes us. And making the best podcast we can make and making the best music we can make sometimes means that there's going to be growth and there's going to be change. And, and that's okay because we're not... We don't want to be phony artists. And, and so we can only do what we know. And this is what we know right now. So we thank you guys for being here with us on this newer extension of the Talking Podcast. And there will still be interviews, but this is going to be way more of a frequent thing. Just us and you getting to hang out and really have an intimate conversation. Basically, to sum up, we're going to be thinking about it so much less. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, it's just easier just to like chat and not have to be like, okay, uh, cool. So you on? Can you hear me? Yeah, he heard. I can hear you. Wait. I can't hear you. Can you hear me? No, I mean, that's a big part of the behind the scenes. Right, right. If we gave behind the scenes videos when we inevitably have a Patreon for this of getting the conversations with the guests going, it's normally always, hold on, let me call you back in a second. I'm on my laptop. Let me switch to my phone, like with Skype and all that. Right. Or like, we're like, yeah, so like, can you just sit down for 45 minutes and not do anything else? And like, yeah, sure. And then like, you hear them talking, but then you also hear them like chopping garlic and feeding the dog and taking care of a baby (laughs) and writing a thesis statement and all this other crazy stuff. But yeah, you know, life is life. 
No, that that's totally fine. We know that we're asking them for a, a portion of their day, but just you know, like we ask you for a portion of your day. Exactly. And 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 so and with, thanks for giving it to us. Yeah. With that being said, Andrew, why don't you uh, take us out of here? Let them know where they can find the show, what they can expect from us, and uh, you know, just just wish them a good old goodbye. Because we we need to. There is a, a catchphrase that we're gonna deliver for the first time on this episode to close it out. And and before we do that, Andrew just has to sort of go through the synonymous podcasting routine that everyone does at the end where you read off the plugs and all that. Sorry, guys. I don't make the rules. I just follow them. Yeah, I mean, why have a platform if you can't shout from it? Right. Non-political. And and I'm going to shout. Non-threatening things like we do. Right. What I'm going to shout. Sorry for that (laughs) brief sweep into the political realm at the beginning. I'm sorry about that. That was my fault. It was a a dip into We dipped a a toe in and it was cold, so we got out. Exactly. It was like a little... It was like when... Uh, Will first started fucking around in the Underdark, but then that bastard had to go and get addicted. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or the, uh, not sure, the Underdark, sure. uh, the Upside Down. The upside Underdark down. was our D&D campaign. <laughs> it's all connected, dude. Anyway, yeah, true. you can find this podcast where you're listening to it right now, but also everywhere else that podcasts are. We've got social medias on all the social medias at Talking Podcast, no G. Yeah, yank the G right out of there. Just take it and do whatever you want with it, but we don't need it. And, and where can they find said podcast pro, pro, uh, properly titled Talking with Andrew and Chris No G. What? Where can they find it? Didn't I just say that? We didn't list any specifics. Oh, okay. That's why I paused for a long time so you can just edit this out. Yeah, I mean, I'm keeping this part in, but I will edit the pause, yeah. Right. Um, well, that's a good question, Chris. They can listen on Spotify. Yes. Apple Podcasts. Yes. The Anchor app. Nailing it. Uh, are we on SoundCloud? No, they they charge you. We are not on SoundCloud. <laughs> we are not on SoundCloud. Don't go look into the cloud. Yeah, don't go look into the cloud. Yeah, what are those two that have the funny names that you always say? Yeah, Radio Public and Stitcher. Those ones, yeah. Gotta love those ones. We're on those ones. You know we're there. And if you have any discrepancies about where we are, you're like, hmm, I know they say it every episode, but I'm really just too lazy to hit that 15-second rewind button a few times. Just go to our Anchor page, anchor.fm. There's a little button there that says link to episode, and it takes you to any Mm -hmm, place you mm want to go where you can find us. Plus, if you're on our social medias that I just mentioned, at Talkin' Podcast on Instagram and Twitter and Talkin' Podcast on Facebook, I'm sure. Talking with Andrew and Chris, but who's counting? Same thing. All of those links in those bios is something called a link tree. And you can click on that and it'll take you everywhere you could possibly imagine. That's true. Or if you happen to be on either of our personals, at Christian Devanko, for example, I have the same little link in my bio. Where you can also find other stuff too, like our band and whatnot. But we covered all that in the intro. You get that. You, you know that part. Right. We're rambling. Chris, what are we going to leave them with at the end of this episode? So basically, as in... Typical talking network fashion shows have a sign off because again we don't make the rules we just follow them but we follow them damn well we do except for that one little thing at the beginning of the episode but Chris reminded me of the, the rules so it won't happen again it won't it won't happen again and I think this was a solid episode to reinforce that on being that yes. this is one of the newer ones for sure so so everyone now has like these are the rules of the game we're playing mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. next time they, were, it's they weren't be a foul. clear they weren't clear before they weren't clear it was a behind the scenes rule book. Yeah, exactly. And that that's on us, not on you guys. Don't You guys are perfect. Yeah, don't carry what Andrew did with you. That's not the point of this show. I'll be living it with it for the rest of my life, so please don't. 
Yeah, and so just to pick this whole thing up, since it got a little bit dark, I, I mean, let's do a little three count and we'll sign off here. We just have something <clears> we <throat> want you guys to take with you during the week to feel a little positive, to feel a little bit better yeah. about yourself. And if you feel great, hey, you can always be feeling better. Trust True. us. True. So with that being said, uno, dos, tres. Stay, Stay sweet. sweet. Bitches. When I'm with you, I feel alright At least for the moment Though I know that I'm not fine I've got a good way of showing That I could be tongue-tied And still get up in the morning But if I'll be honest, I've wanted to tell you for quite some time That you Just know when I'm with you, I'm